Connor, we did have this thought when we were at the cigar shop today, though. What do you think of this? <clears throat> what if we started, like, you know, in... It could be wherever. Chicago, Springfield, Atlanta. Like, if you took oh, a... Yeah, that'd be a good idea. In a city, you know, preferably, like, in a business district or whatever, but you opened a cigar shop. Maybe you had, like, a little coffee shop in it or something like that. Mm-hmm. For the but, ladies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what if you opened it for, and it had to be, like, gentleman conduct in there? Mm. And so they, because today, like, we sat there for a few hours today and read, you know, smoked a stogie. It was awesome. I think Watched I know what you're going to say. But it was just, like, there's these dudes in there, and it was, like, F-bomb this, F-bomb yeah. that. Like, let's like, watch pro wrestling kind of thing. Well, the, the, luckily the Olympics. stuck on that pro wrestling. <laughs> no, but I literally, I've gone into cigar shops where they're watching pro wrestling, and you're, like, this is not what I'm looking for. Right, right. So this place is like I don't want to hang out in a gas station with some jabrones. <laughs> so, oh, straight up jabrones. <laughs> I came in here to sit in nice leather chairs and smoke a cigarette like a gentleman. Right. Cigarette, so, cigar. <laughs> Both at the same time, like a gentleman. <laughs> it, but this place definitely has this ambiance of like leather chairs and like the you know, the wooden walls and this Awesome room. The barber chairs? Old barber chairs, like old straight razor shaved mm-hmm. chairs, you know, you can lean back in. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it'd be great, like, just to go to this place, you know, have a cigar with some friends and be able to engage in some type of worthwhile conversation. Yeah. You know, about whatever. It can be about real life stuff, mm-hmm. but hopefully it's stuff that, like, you care about and are passionate about, and it's not just you you know, complaining about so-and-so at work or yeah. the man bringing you down. Right. And it's just, and it turns into this, like, just incredibly vulgar, like, oh, we're just guys together so we can talk like this. Father Norris had some story about, I think it was either St. Ambrose or St. Augustine, like, that in their residence, they would often entertain, you know, their priests or something or, you know, yeah. people that, and they had something written in Latin around the whole wall that said like you know a brother shall not speak ill of another brother in this place or something like that yeah and it was just understood in the bishop's residence that nothing negative was to be said about another person yeah uh i was struck a lot by something my internship pastor said about his mother that he's telling some story where she complained a little like obliquely about his pastor, like mm-hmm. not not his pastor, but the pastor of the parish where his mother lived. This yeah. is in a different state. But um, he said to me something like, and I know it must be serious because she would never say anything bad about anyone, especially not a priest. Yeah. So it was just something like it added so much more weight to what she said that, right. that even like she would say, uh, yeah, he's... He's okay, you know. Yeah. Rather than like, oh, he's great, you right. know. Father's great. Right. Which would be the norm, like yeah. for a mediocre guy. We think we have to get stuff out sometimes. I think just to vent, which is true. Sometimes if you're just really like somebody's grinding your gears, you just gotta let it out. But yeah. I'd say in the seminary especially, it's one of those things where you're just in this fishbowl all the time looking at each other, and you're bound to just get really ticked. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while. Yeah, super annoyed. Yeah. yeah. Tick, whatever. And it's like when I was fighting fires, this buzzword out there was crew cohesion. 
um, because we'd be out for like 14 days on a fire, sleeping in the woods together, in our tents, hanging out by the fire, working all day. Like you just saw the same 12 guys for two weeks, 24 hours, you know, except when you were sleeping. And if one dude was negative, would like complain about the hike or the work or, or something like the weather, just start to start complaining. Like he thinks he, he's doing himself a favor by venting, but it brought everybody down. Yeah. yeah. And then everybody starts <clears throat> sniping at each other, you know, like oh, yeah. taking digs, like, well, if you just worked a little harder, you know, passive aggressive stuff. And, um, so it's like, it's like bad leaven in a way, you know? So it would be tough. I, I'd be interested in how like you'd enforce something at a cigar shop where it would be oh, like in a free market society. You kind of have to let anybody in buy your cigars, but right. um, it'd almost be like an honor system. That stuff works better. Like, yeah. And calling people to something higher that always works better than like scolding people for doing something yeah. wrong. Be like, you're better than that. Like patrons of this cigar shop. Mm hmm. Are not pro wrestling watching <laughs> dudes <laughs> that hey. talk about girls yeah. and their bodies. You know, yeah, we do higher things here. Yeah, and that's why it's cool to shop here. But I still, I think, I think men are hungry for something like that. Like, I think you would, you know, it would, it might attract like a certain crowd, certainly for a while. But um, I think guys are really looking for people in general are looking for that. Like when you, when you can clearly make that call, even in something like a cigar shop, like that craft doesn't happen here. Yeah. I think it's attractive and I think it could, it can honestly be successful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think that the best way to, to do something like that is like what you said, the higher calling, the not just scolding, you know, have that positive reinforcement, not necessarily just the negative, but it's best when it's run as a democracy. So mm -hmm. like we regulate ourselves. Yeah. And when you have that, that's when you're going to have the most flourishing in conversation. You're going to have the best time to be had because it's not like this is the confines of the rules and we must operate within this. And it's like some suffocating. And then people are like looking like, am I allowed to say this? In right, here? right, right. But that's and, true. And that's I true. do think that in the classical sense, that's the most gentlemanly way. That's the most chivalrous way, if you could say that, to regulate that. Because it's not, if you're a man, you're going to keep that. If mm -hmm. you're a real man, then you're not going to. This dude today, it was literally like a one to five ratio of F-bombs. Mm -hmm. I was like, how can you speak like that in the real world? What do you do when you go to a gas station? Yeah, and there's strangers like, around. To a lady. Right. Yeah. And it is, I mean, you know, it, it's a dude's hangout. So, you know, it is understandable. That, like your, your language is going to change. You're going to speak differently mm -hmm. with the people that you're around. Mm-hmm. But that is just absurd. So I, I oh, and that guy's that guy's totally working to the expectations of the place too. Like he's saying, he's probably thinking in his mind, "Come on, for God's sake, this is a cigar shop. These guys should be able to handle a couple f bombs." Yeah. Right. But if it's like Juice's Cigar Palace, he's like, he would he'd be thinking in the back of his mind, he'd be like, "This is Juice's Cigar Palace. This stuff doesn't fly here, bro. You know, because he's working, he's working." With his whole narrative of like what a cigar shop is, right? You'd have to paint a whole new picture. Well, and he works there. He was one Are of you the. Oh, I I've totally yeah. bought cigars from that dude. Yeah, that guy was like, Sweet I go guy. in there to get, buy like a like a ammo case full of cigars for a bonfire we're gonna have on Franciscan Point, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, I want cigars that I can give away to people yeah. that are you know not terrible, 
And he was like, F, no, yeah, those, are, those ones are F. Did he have a little beard? Yeah, totally. Yeah, oh, yeah, He's like my him. age. That's him. Mm-hmm. No, but see, what's honestly what's actually probably happening, and it may not still be, but probably at the root of it, is in his thought process, it's, I'm speaking this way because this is also what other people want to hear, is if I speak this way, then I'm going to receive some sort of affirmation mm-hmm. in my manliness. Oh, man, that or, cigar place was so chill. The guy said the F word. He said it like 200 <laughs> times today. Yeah. That place is chill as I heck. I cannot wait to get back there and just hear some more bombs. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be amazing. No, but, and, and so in that sense, you have the freedom, if you're, if you're able to use freedom properly, which is the whole narrative of human life we have this mm-hmm. gift of free will how are we going to use it if you go to the cigar shop one that's you should be run in a gentlemanly uh truly manly fashion uh you have the freedom to speak openly and uh not trying to win other people's um affirmation not trying to yeah. um sort of live up to some sort of expectation of what it's like to speak like a guy or have dude mm-hmm. talk or something like that. It's like setting it's setting that higher expectation like you said. Mm-hmm. We're not striving for that. We're striving to, if we're going to quote Deacon Adam today, you know, we're striving for perfection in a mm-hmm. sense. And that means that we don't talk bad about our, but our, our buddies and we don't use F-bombs. Or the thing that drives me nuts, dude. I remember this. The most sickening event that typifies this like behavior to me was at a gym locker room in college at the rec center and these that's like the dude environment i feel like more than anything like you just got finished like getting a sick pump in your arms (laughs) (laughs) and now you're sitting changing in the locker room and you can just let loose with what is really inside and this dude was talking about whatever his conquest at the bar in the most vile ways, like in these metaphors, like cl- like sales, like oh, dude, I totally closed that. Did you see that? Like freaking be like, B, like I closed. Yeah. And this conversation was going on for as long as I could hurriedly change and leave and get out of there. But it was like, wow, dude, that that dude thinks of women as objects, yeah, yeah. as purely non-human things, yeah, and. Uh, he feels free to expose that part of his heart right here to that guy and to anyone else who happens to be listening. Yeah. He had no idea that, you know, I was a daily mass going, you know, college kid. Because he probably couldn't Im- imagine mm-hmm. that there would be such a thing. Like, if you're getting a huge pump in your arms, <laughs> then you're trying to close with some bees, you know, in his mind. Right. That's why else would you be doing that? But you can see the totally other world that exists that hopefully we live in in compared to humanity which is i think the idea of a cigar shop or having a place where people can get together and discuss in some sort of reasonable manner uh you can just see like today the world that we live in based off of our experiences comparatively speaking to what we had at the cigar shop today like that guy has a completely different worldview and not to harp on this guy and right. sort of sure. tear him down but he has a completely worldview than what we have. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to come full circle here to what we talked about earlier, is what does he receive? What does the world tell him mm-hmm. is super cool? What does the world tell him if he says this enough, then he's going to be a really cool guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
dogs go to heaven, goats go to hell. Okay, so every everything in our personality is externalized right now. Like with Facebook, Instagram, yeah. everything is like, I went on a trip, better tweet it, you know? Yeah. You wouldn't just go camping. You'd take a picture and like, hopefully you're in cell coverage so you can post that on Instagram or something like, right. oh, caught this huge fish. Um, and so, but what that means is that like, you're always thinking when you're doing anything or in interacting in any way, you're thinking like, how could this become objectified in such a way that it could be communicated to anybody, you know, mm-hmm. like in an open forum, basically. And so you're forming this identity that's not really you. Yeah. You know, and when you see a guy like that or like the guy that I saw in the gym, like <laughs> those guys are a dime a dozen. Well, they they think they're doing what they want, but they're doing exactly what everybody else is doing. Right. And what is expected, like your point, Mike, what is expected of them? Yeah. College is the best four years of your life, dude. The chicks are hot. They're easy. You can, there's no parents, dude. Yeah. Just get hammered. Like, freedom. this is freedom, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Freedom. But you're using it the exact same way everybody, so your personality is completely like assembly line. Yeah. Um, and so the paradox of it is that like surrendering your freedom to Christ which is what we've done or, you know, what we're striving to do makes you more yourself, more like a strong personality, like whoever you are, even if you're a nerd or kind of awkward or whatever, like you're still more you. The guys here are more themselves than the guys that you'd run into in the gym in college. Um, And we're not perfect, but, uh, but I I think that a lot militates against having a personality in our culture because, of that thing. And, and so one one real power of the gospel is that it it gives people an identity. Yeah. I, and I remember like telling people that I was going to be a priest. They thought they thought like my sister asked, "Are you still going to be able to play the guitar?" <laughs> like the, the and it right. wasn't her fault for thinking that. Yeah. Like she just maybe she was fed like being Christian or trying to follow God makes you into this version of yeah. some external right. assembly line personality. Yeah. Whereas Christ, I had encountered Christ in a way that I was sure that my life would be completely useless or meaningless without him. Like, now that I've known you, Lord, nothing else matters. Like, even if I can't live this way yet, I know that I got to go in that direction. Yeah. You know? Uh, And it's made me more myself, you know? Um, And it gives meaning to everything. Like, every little sacrifice and suffering that you go through. Like, if you can have it pointed towards that goal of Christ like there's the meaning in life that so many people are looking for Mm -hmm. but what we were talking about earlier with these dudes that we were kind of harping on is that you know I think we always have to ask ourselves too like what did I do to reach out to them yeah so like today it wasn't I don't know today wasn't that big of an issue because he wasn't like from what I overheard anyway like he was cussing like a sailor but he wasn't saying anything like super vulgar yeah. either. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. <clears throat> but I remember when I was in Nebraska, we went out to, we'd gone out to eat for one of the other missionaries um, on the team, his birthday. So we'd gone out to eat, and then he was going to the late mass at the Newman Center. So I was driving home, and um, there was three of the girls on the team. And so we were driving, we had the, the duplex, and so... Driving home, and there was this little, like, podunk bar in nowhere 
in Nebraska and that we went to sometimes just to, to like get off campus. And uh, one of the girls was like, oh, let's just go, let's go have like one beer at the, the Ding. The Ding is what it was called. And uh, so we get there. And so it's me and these, you know, three other female focused missionaries. So we get a table. There's like five other people in this bar. And this dude that's huge is at the end of the bar and he's there with like his buddies and probably his girlfriend and so he is pretty drunk at this point and he starts talking about um just like i don't know it was very vulgar having sex with his girlfriend very loudly so like the Mm -hmm. whole bar could hear like thought he was making a big like cool scene right Mm -hmm. and uh so it, it like started to get really awkward especially with the girls. Mm-hmm. So I look over at this guy and I just holler, I was like, Hey man, like knock it off with, you know, with the girls here. And so thinking that's what I said in my mind, mm-hmm. I'm sure it was much more like, uh, excuse me, sir. I mean, if it's okay with you, <laughs> but, uh, in my mind I was like, Hey, stop. And, uh, so anyway, this guy, he starts walking over the table, and I'm like, literally going through my mind, I'm like, crap, this is going to get ugly. So I'm like looking at stuff that I can like throw at this guy <laughs> to try to like, you know, get the girls out Neutralize of the Neutralize him. Yeah. Because uh, he's probably like, I don't know, much bigger than I am. Mm-hmm. So he sits down, and at this point, like, it, I realized pretty quick he was just, like, wanted to talk, and... Uh, he kind of, I think he came over, like, just thinking he was gonna, like, act real cool in front of the ladies and mm-hmm. whatever. So he asked us what we did, and uh, we were like, well, we work as, we work as Catholic missionaries at the Newman Center at the university, and immediately, like, his whole face changed. And he, uh, long story short, he goes into, like, his whole story of, um, of, like, how his life just, like, hasn't turned out how he thought it would and like he thought it was karma from a bunch of the bad crap he did in college and so i got to like try to explain to him it's like well as catholics he's a catholic guy it's like we don't believe in in karma you know like you can just get rid of that thought like god wants to love you right now just as you are so i told him that i at that point i was signed up to go to seminary the next year and i told him that and like this guy he, he was 30 and he just starts bawling crying at our table like loses it crying and uh like starts talking about how much he like wants god back in his life and like he's sorry for all this stuff he did (laughs) um like he just thinks that like we're such heroes for like doing this and like how awesome it is i'm gonna go try to be a priest and um so anyway we ended up saying a prayer with him at the end that he would just you know in a sense like open up his heart to God's love, that like, God wanted to love him right there, like, in all of the sinfulness around his life and, like, all of the disappointments that he's had is that um, that's exactly where God's going to meet you. And um, so he gave me his phone number, and we were going to try to meet up, you know, after that, and he kind of, you know, bailed after, after that, just avoided ever meeting up again or whatever. But still, in that moment, you know, it's a huge moment of grace, certainly for all of us, but I think for that guy. And all it started with was literally, like, I didn't want him talking like that mm-hmm. around my friends. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, could he have 
beaten my ass? Probably. <laughs> but, like, but he totally, didn't. Totally worth it. You know, it's like, even if he would have, it would have been mm-hmm. worth it to, to say something to this dude. Totally. And, uh, and it worked out that God used, like, just that little moment of, like, impromptu courage that I yeah. had to, like, turn it into something something great so that never it and it never would have occurred if you were just trying to be like what everyone else was being exactly you know that that only lives with a unique life that only that's the only way that will occur yeah or even even like had i been what most people think like a christian guy should be right like oh we just need to be super friendly and like it's okay right it's okay buddy just keep being an idiot and as long as there's no confrontation. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary it may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. And fear down.